So I am really fired up and excited to resume a message that we started last week, and the Lord has just been revealing things to me. I, I kind of opened up and got honest with y'all last week, exposed myself a little bit as your pastor, that I've been going through a tough little season uh, through my workplace where I work at the company I work for is going through a new transition with a whole new company, and the Lord has just been wrecking me. Somebody say wrecking me. Amen. And so, but he is blessing me at the same time. Come on, somebody. And so I'm excited to go farther and deeper today. We're continuing a message titled, The Crushing. That sounds so comforting, doesn't it? (laughs) I promise you, your crushing is for your good. Tell your neighbor, your crushing is for your good. Believe me when I say it, that it is. Put it in the chat if you're watching online. Your crushing is for your Good, because hear me, if God is crushing us, and at times he does, at times we need to start over, at times we miss it, at times we need to be reminded who's God and who's not, right? And so at times he crushes us, but if we find ourselves in a crushing season, in a spiritual crushing place of life, I have to know That because God loves me, sometimes he has to crush me. And we're going to look at a different aspect of the side of crushing today. What the Lord showed me is that when God crushes us, it's actually the beginning of a renewed promise. The original ordained ordination of the gifts and calling that he's placed inside of you. That either we've ignored that we've told God we're not ready yet, or maybe we have chosen sin or people, places, and things over the plan of God. And sometimes he just says, hey, I need to get your attention, so I'm crushing this thing because I'm fixing to rebuild something better. Uh, And the time is now. And so he's doing this in my life right now. And so, but I'm excited to go over this and go deeper with you today. Okay, so let's look at that, that foundational scripture that we gave you last week. And I just wanted to, 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 to lay this out there because there is a time and place and season for everything under the sun, the Bible says. Solomon, the most wisest man to ever live, King David's son, wrote the, the book of Proverbs. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And one of our foundational scriptures comes from Ecclesiastes Verse, or chapter 3, verse 1, and that's exactly what he says. For everything there is a season, a time, and for every activity under heaven, he says. He goes on for about eight verses. Uh, there's a time for, for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time for life. There's a time for death. There's a time for joy. There's a time for sorrow. And there's a time to start over. There's a time when God says, I'm fixing to do a new thing, and I'm going to do that new thing through the crushing of this bad thing, of this evil thing, of this old thing, because I want to take you farther. Right? Look at that that first recap point. So this is what we said. We said, God says there's a time, a place, and season for everything. Somebody say everything. Say it real country. Everything. There we go. Y'all are good this morning. For all things, God has a reason, right? Even in the toughest and most disappointing moments of our lives that do not go the way that we 
plan. If you've been living for a while, I don't know how long you've been alive, but doesn't life at times become unplanned? Right? We try to plan and prepare and do everything our way, and you know, and sometimes life just blindsides us. I had no idea that Target Pest Control was getting sold to Northwest Exterminating at all. I got blindsided. And you better believe God's crushing some areas in my workplace to do some bigger and better things through my work, through my labor. And it's even, it crosses over into my ministry and into my, to my area of being a father and being a husband and, and, and being a friend and a brother even, right? We all have character defects. And it's amazing if God, he sometimes he pinpoints that one thing. If I can just shake you up in this area of your life, it'll affect everything else for the better. Right? For the better. If I could shake, if I could pinpoint this area that is in your life, for you to recognize and see me and call me God and allow me to lead you, I can better you. I can better you. Right? In crushing seasons, God, he wants to better us, but really what he wants to do is he wants us to trust him more. He wants us to trust him. And I'll tell you this, in the midst of this crushing season, going through changes every single day. This whole week, it's so funny, preaching on the crushing, and uh, this whole week, July 1st was the first official day that all of our systems merged with uh, my new companies, Northwest Exterminating's operating systems. We do everything on our phones. Uh, and so this week, every single day, I did my work exactly different. <laughs> the thing I did Monday, they said, don't do that. Do it this way on Tuesday. The thing I did on Tuesday, they said, don't do it that way. Do it this way on Wednesday. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> See, but when God wants to do a new thing, that sounds awesome. See, but when God does a new thing, that brings about change. Is that so positive? Is change is a positive of a word? Is something new? God does his new things through changes. And so change has to be a confession of faith that says, God, I, I thank you for change. It's good. And, and so in that moment, I share that because even though I'm going through all that, what am I doing? I am trusting and relying on God even so much more every single day than I was when I was just doing the work, how I knew I could have done it in my sleep, right? I wasn't trusting the Lord as much in my work. I trusted him, I honored him, but now it's like every single day, it's like, God, I need you, <laughs> right? I need your peace. I need your joy today. What's going to change today, God? Right? And so he does that when he crushes us, right? He wants us to trust him more. Look at Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6, our last recap scripture that we used. And this is really where the whole message comes from. Right Out of the book of Jeremiah, it says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So we crushed it. He just crushed it. So plain, so simple. He didn't stress out. He didn't fuss. He didn't throw a temper tantrum. It didn't turn out. So we crushed it, crushed it into a lump of clay again and started, somebody say started, started over. How awesome, what an amazing promise of God for us this morning. 
When life is unplanned, when it turns out the way we don't expect, anytime, I say anytime, God can always, I say always, start over. Right? As simple as starting over. Then verse 5, it says, the Lord gave me this message, O Israel. I said last week, you can go ahead and just put your name there. Israel is God's heartbeat. It's an archetype of, of well, how he sees us as his children. So, O Ian, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. You are in my hand. We talked about that in worship today. If we trust God, I shall not want because I, he meets all my needs. If I'm being crushed, the positive side of being crushed, yeah, that's not fun. It's painful. It hurts. I get blindsided by life. But the good news is if I love Jesus and he's my Lord and my Savior, then I'm in the hands of God. The safest place you could possibly be. What better place would you rather be? Let's look at that last recap point I'm going to give you today before our new point of our message. Right? Sometimes we find ourselves at a spiritual crossroads where we must accept our mistakes and go back to start and allow God to begin something totally new in our lives. And we said we'll be calling this spiritual intersection of life, and that's exactly what it is, a spiritual intersection of I can't do it this way any longer because God says I'm going to crush this thing to do a new thing. We're calling that spiritual intersection of life the crushing season. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, is anybody there now with me? Anybody? A couple hands going up. Hallelujah. Look at all those hands. The Lord showed me faces as I was writing this message of people that are in the crushing season right now. Starting something new can be scary because we don't have all the answers. But starting something new, if God is doing it, it means I'm in his hands. I shall not fear. I shall not want. He meets my needs. And the thing that he's, he's starting over my life, he's going to make even better and grander in my life. And guess what? As I'm going through that, I'm learning the things that happened, and I'm going to be prepared and even planned in advance for the next thing. Right? As he downloads and shows me things, as I'm on the potter's wheel, right? I get to stand face to face with God as he begins to shape and mold my life, painful as it may be sometimes, as he strips away the sin and strips away the evil desires that I have and strips away the pride and strips away the unforgiveness and strips away these things, but I'm at face to face with my creator on the potter's wheel. And I say, okay, God. I submit to your will and your ways because they're higher and they're better and they're, they're without fault and they're perfect and they're, their timing is perfect, right? Because he wants to do something new and better spiritually in our lives and he revives us back to life. Look at that first new scripture I want to give you today. As I'm talking about the other side, the positive side of, of being crushed and starting over, there's a promise. And this promise comes out of Isaiah. We got the scripture from Jeremiah, one of our major prophets. And now we got another major prophet out of the book of Isaiah, verse four, or chapter 43, verses 18 through 19. And what does it say? It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, this is where I have been uh, at this intersection, the spiritual intersection of life as I'm going through this major change where I work, is I, I'm daydreaming about how good I had it, right? How good I had it. I got to forget that. I can't live in the past and live in the present and even expect better for my future at the same time if I believe in Jesus. 
And so as God is crushing you, now you got to trust him. Okay, do a new thing. He says, just forget what has happened. Forget the event. Forget the thing that hurts you. Forget the thing that you don't know how it's going to work out. Forget it. Don't dwell there. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Say new thing. Put it in the chat if you're watching online. He's doing a new thing, which is a positive thing, right? He says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He says, do you not perceive it? Can you not see this problem is not all that big? You're in my hands. I love you. I see you. I'm making you. I'm molding you. I'm fashioning you for a better purpose, for a better reason. I'm going to do something amazing through this new thing. Do you not perceive it? I know you're in pain. I know it's frustrating, but I'm with you. I'm there with you. Right? He's with us. Look at that next point, the first new point. <laughs> Excuse me. And so this is, this is awesome. So God uses crushing, okay? But when he crushes, it always declares something for us. This is what it declares. It's so simple. It declares the end, somebody say end, of something old and the beginning of something new. How profound, right? So simple so profound is he's declaring the end of something old and he's declaring the beginning of something new right a new thing get this is, is it, um, reminds us that it means a renewed promise of better things to come if we're crushed now it's because God wants to resurrect us for greater things of tomorrow come on somebody if I feel crushed now it's because he's doing a new thing he's declared the end of something old and the the declaration of something new, and it's because he wants to resurrect me for better things of tomorrow. God is an eternal God. He's always in the past, the present, and the future all at the same time, working things out for our good. The last sentence in that point, Jesus is the perfect picture of the same promise to us. And so this is what I want to do today. I want to directly connect the crushing of Jesus to our lives. Did you know that Jesus was crushed? Do you know that God through Jesus declared the end of something old and the beginning of something new? The end of that thing, the living our lives according to the law, which is perfect and pleasing to God. But God said, I want to do a new, better thing through my son. And was it confusing and was it frustrating for those that were there present at the time? Was it painful for Jesus, the man, the son of God, who God was going to perfect this promise through? Yes. Are you glad Jesus stayed put on the potter's wheel, face to face with his father for your benefit and for my benefit? Because the promises through Jesus Christ, does anybody believe is yes and amen? I say that all the time, right? Y'all are alive this morning. If you believe that, it's because God did something new through Jesus before God could anoint Jesus for that new thing he had to crush him. Did God still love him? Yes. Does God still love us when we're crushed? Yes. But it's not always easy. Crushing 
always, somebody say always, has to come before the promise. That's for free. You can write that down if you want. Crushing always has to come first before the promise. There has to be a sacrifice of praise. There has to be a sacrifice of of flesh, of ungodliness, of pride and rebellion. And those things can rise up in our lives, right? Just being honest. If you, don't keep, if you don't stay checked up with Jesus on a daily basis, pride can rise up. Selfishness can rise up. Right? There has to be a sacrifice. And a lot of that sacrifice uh, is, is brought back to life in a crushing season. I'm reminded that I have to live my life before him, right? Before God. And so God, through crushing, brings about the renewed promises, new life, new perspective, new energy, and new zeal through the new thing that he's doing. Amen? So I want to connect this through the crushing of Jesus today. Let's look at Isaiah again. Chapter 53, verse 4 through 6. Isaiah is a major prophet, like I said. He is writing this some 600 years before the event of the crucifixion of Jesus. And look how he foresaw this by the Spirit of God as he prayed this and wrote this to affirm God's perfect, pleasing plan and promise for us this morning. Verse 4, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crucified for our sins, right? What does it go on to say? He was crushed. Go ahead, highlight that. Underline that. We're talking about the crushing, right? It says he was crushed for our iniquities, our shortcomings, our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. The promise for our freedom was on him who was crushed. And by his wounds, y'all know it, we are healed, right? By his wounds, by his sacrifice, by his crushing, by his obedience, by his belief, by his life of faith, I'm healed. Come on, somebody. Because he stayed on the potter's wheel and stayed put as God was doing a new thing, painful as it may be, I'm healed because I believe that he did that for me. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Anybody thankful that Jesus said yes? Jesus said yes. So I want to challenge you. If you are in a crushing season right now, continue to say yes. Because whose blessing right now is depending on you to stay put in the hands of God. Jesus, talk about some weight on your shoulders, had the weight of entire creation, the entire world on him. And he stayed put. And he said, yes, Father. He even prayed his will, right? 
the Father's will, not his own. We're going to actually read that scripture to get together today to bring even about bigger revelation that I'm excited to give you this morning. Right? Look at John 6, verse 39 through 40. So God, through Jesus, declared the end of something old to begin and declared the beginning of something new. Because of what Jesus did, he stayed put and was crushed, Right? For our forgiveness, for our healing, that means that now we're promised not just eternal life, but we're promised to be adopted into the family of God, right? That I get to take up my eternal life one day with my Savior based on what that, that thing that God did. And so John 6, 39 through 40, the other side of that statement, that point that we, we, we declared that God wants to make us better for something in our, tomorrow, in our tomorrow, excuse me, he wants to resurrect us for something better in our tomorrow. Look at verse 39, it says, And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all these that he's given me, but that I should, what? Raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. God's plan to completion through Jesus. If Jesus said it, you better believe it's true, right? And so step one, I say this all the time, has to be your faith in Christ. If you believe that he came, that he was crucified for your sins, for your shortcomings, so that you could experience salvation and freedom and eternal life one day, then that's good news for you. If you're here today and maybe that's not you, you sit there and you say, you know, Pastor Ian, I don't know where I would spiritually go today if I was to die today. Man, that's a scary place. Why would you continue to stay there? Don't take as what I'm saying as judgment. I love you, and I promise you there'll be a moment today before we close where you can accept him, accept his finished work, accept his healing, accept his freedom, because he did that so that you can have joy. You can have a great life. Living for God is the best decision you'll ever make. It's the most awesome thing on the face of the planet. If your life's boring, you need some Jesus. He'll shake it up. Come on, somebody. Right? If you're bored, you ain't living for Jesus. He shakes it up, buddy. Right? He shakes it up for the good. So look at that next point. So God crushes to declare the end of something old and the beginning of something new. The other thing that God shows me he does is God crushes to transform, to totally remake, to totally resurrect, to totally blow our minds. Look at the rest of that point. We can look at some earthly things and see something today. We can look and see that many things undergo a crushing and are ultimately changed Forever. Somebody say forever if you're paying attention. Olives. What happens when you crush those things? They're literally transformed forever. From one thing to an entirely different thing. They are crushed from olives into olive oil. Grapes. What happens if you crush a grape? You can totally transform the life of that grape into something totally brand new forever. You can change it into wine and coal. The most amazing thing that blows my mind 
coal, almost a, not, it's not a priceless thing, but it can be turned into something that is kind of just blah. <laughs> it has uses. You can use it, but through pressure and time and through crushing, uh, let me say through time again, it takes a long time. Sometimes that crushing that God wants to do to transform your life, it's going to take some time. Come on, somebody. See, we see this and read this and we think it's instantaneous. For you and for me spiritually this morning, we have to see that God can transform us, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some faith, right? But coal can be transformed into diamonds. How amazing is God? God wants to transform us. God reconstructs us to bring new life, but everything, here's the key now, hinges on the amount of our submission. See, here's the cool thing. What do all three of those things have in common other than being totally transformed? And it may not be what you think. It might be kind of corny. I don't know. But I thought it was cool revelation. So the olive and the grape and the lump of coal, you know what they all have in common? They don't have an ounce. They don't have any amount of resistance inside of them. Did y'all hear what I said? I said, the olive, the grape, and the lump of coal, what they all have in common is none of them have an ounce of resistance inside of them. God can transform us, but we can't resist what he wants to do. The olive, you know, ain't going to the, to the olive press going, ah, this hurts, this change stinks. Right? It's just going to go, right? I don't have a choice. Maybe that's corny. I don't know. Right? That lump of coal is just stuck in a cave somewhere, just, just being pressed and compacted and, and time just over years. And you know, it's just totally submitted to the will and the plan of it, the coal's life, right? So, as children of God, hear me. Stop resisting the thing that God is trying to bring about in our life through crushing. Because the most amazing transformation can take place if you fully submit to his will and ways, no matter how tough, no matter how hard. Because when you're all in, I, God meets you where you are. When you fully believe all in on this dude named Jesus, God gives you all of him in an instant. In an instant. And your heart, you could be going through a tough, tough place, a tough, tough season. And in an instant, your heart can be filled with the love of God, filled with the forgiveness of God. Totally wrecked, totally transformed. And that's in an instant. And then the thing he wants to do externally in your life, the circumstantial type blessings, then he begins to give us based on the faith and the amount of faith that I, and the amount of trust that I demonstrated as I'm on the potter's wheel. Has God's working on our lives, right? God's still working on me, right? Right? He's still working on me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm a pastor, but man, I'm far from perfect. Ask Pastor Jessica. She'll tell you if you're watching online, don't put nothing in the chat, sugar boo. <laughs> Honor your man. But uh, I'm not perfect. None of us are, right? There's only one. Who is it? Jesus, right? He's the standard. He, he, he's the standard, right? So God always crushes to transform. Look at Romans 12, 1 through 2. And this might be kind of a weird scripture. All of our celebrate folks are going to recognize this one. 
Y'all probably know it by heart. You might think it's kind of a weird one to use for the point you're trying to convey, but the Lord showed me that the transformation that takes place in my life is directly connected to the amount of obedience and submission that I have. And so, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to what? Offer your bodies as a what? Living sacrifice. What does the olive, the coal, and the grape have in common? They literally offer their little bodies a total, complete living sacrifice for something better. They get to live on eternally, forever changed for a greater good. So every day when I say yes to Jesus, I'm spiritually bowing and submitting and offering up a, uh, offering a praise and sacrifice through my life. And when I do that, he crushes me and transforms me into something eternal, something better, right? Verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, what, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. I know we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? That's a daily thing also, but maybe the, 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 the more, more important thing is getting outside of our minds and just seeing that God wants me to offer a sacrifice of praise every single day. And if I do that, my mind might take care of itself. And the doubt and the worry and the fear uh, and all the questions will take care of myself if I would just offer up a living sacrifice every day and say, Jesus, use me as you see fit. Cultivate that thing in my life that you see fit. I bow and I surrender and I offer up praise. All right, look at uh, Luke 6, 38. And this is a scripture you usually use for like when you're doing a money message or, you know, we need, or we're talking about the blessings of God, right? But the Lord reminded me of this verse because at the very first part of it is the most important part. What does it say? It says, give and it will be given to you. We all need transformation in our lives, but it has to start with my giving of myself freely. Allowing God to use me. And then when I give of myself in good measure, I'm what? Pressed down. What does pressed down mean in a roundabout way? Crushed. When I first give, when I first sacrifice, then in that good measure, I'm pressed down or crushed, shaken together, running over, will be put into our bosoms for by the same measure that you use, by the same measure it will be given back to you. If you give God a half-hearted praise, a half-hearted sacrifice in the morning before you go to work, you're going to get a half-hearted blessing. And that's not because God's not perfect. It has to start and it hinges with our faith and our obedience. And so, you know what? Because God's crushing us, it doesn't mean I can't run away from God. You could be in a crushing season. You can say, you know what? I'm getting off this potter's wheel. And you can get yourself right off there and begin to try doing it your own way. Right? Or you can stay put and endure the rest of the crushing so that the transformation on the back end becomes real in our lives. But that same measure is given to you by what you first give to God. Do you see that today? What you give to him, he can give back to us, right? The amount of surrender you give God determines the amount of transformation you will receive. The amount of surrender that you give God determines the amount of transformation you receive. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, 
For with the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. That same measure that you give will be given by God. Look at that next point. And so that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. I talked about you can get up and take yourself off of the potter's wheel under your own circumstances, under your own fill-in-the-blank doubt of God or frustration or whatever it is. And that's what the enemy wants you to do in these crushing moments, in these crushing seasons, is to doubt God and really despise your current state where you, where you are. Because you feel like you're starting over. You don't know how God's going to work this out, right? And so don't despise your current state. It's all preparing you for the future surprise. I thought that rhymed. Don't despise. Be ready for the surprise, right? That future surprise God has in store. Here's the key for you and for me today. In crushing moments, you will literally have to pray God's will to stay in his hands. You're going to have to pray God's will to stay in his hands. Just imagine what your unlimited version of yourself awaits you on the other side of God's crushing. And this is what I want to directly connect to Jesus for us this morning too, because Jesus walked this out. And so when the enemy comes at you and he wants you to doubt God's plan, doubt God's provision, doubt God's future and hope for your life, and, and to despise where you are, God sees you as, as awesome and mighty, and even where you're at, but he still wants to take you farther. Don't do that because you're going to rob yourself of that future surprise that big, amazing God thing that God's going to do on the back end of that, right? Look at Luke 22, 39 through 44. Another important passage of Scripture that most of us are familiar with. And Jesus, I'm so glad he didn't despise his current situation no matter how tough. He stayed and he prayed. And if there was ever a moment in the life of Jesus where he showed himself vulnerable or like he was maybe even thinking about, do I really want to do this? This is the moment. This is where it got real. I think after he got through this, the, the pain he endured at the crucifixion, the, the, the whipping post, all these things, I believe that wasn't even as major as this part right here. This part where he literally had to pray the will of the Father, right? So verse 39, it says, Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of what? Olives. And his disciples followed him. I want to stop there for a moment. I did some future not future, some deeper, studying this week as I was putting this together that stood out to me. We're talking about transformation. We talked about olives being transformed into oil. And so I did some, some deeper studying. And did you know that the Mount of Olives, where Jesus prayed, he actually prayed in the Garden of, does anybody know? Gethsemane. Right? The Garden of Gethsemane is at the base of the Mount of Olives. Do you know what the word Gethsemane means in Greek? 
oil press. Oil press. What does press mean? Crushed. Jesus prayed the will of his Father at the Mount of Olives, literally the place of the oil press. Jesus was being crushed spiritually in this moment. Look at verse 40. It says, On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw behind them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Do you know when you pray God's will over your will, in that crushing moment, you're strengthened, supernaturally strengthened to do things you couldn't see, think, or even imagine that you could do. And that's because God is doing it through you, through us. It was doing it through him. He was being strengthened and said, and being in anguish, he prayed even harder. And his, he prayed so hard that his sweat became like drops of blood. You want to talk about crushed. You want to talk about crushing. Jesus could have despised this current state. Instead, he pressed in. Instead, he believed. Instead, he prayed harder. Instead, he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. And he was strengthened and he was encouraged. And he stayed the course. Your biggest breakthrough is always going to be on the other side of the toughest thing you ever have to do. Your biggest breakthrough in your life is always going to be on the other side of that toughest thing that maybe you've ever even done, stepped into, seen, felt, imagined, whatever. The biggest blessings in our life are not without sacrifice. Jesus knew this. Jesus believed this. And I'm so glad that he didn't despise his current state because he knew the surprise that was going to come if he would walk it out. Let's look at that next scripture. Acts 1, 9 through 11, Jesus just brought the Holy Spirit, baptized the disciples in the Holy Spirit. Right? Of, at, at verse 9, it says, After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Then they were looking intently up at the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same, somebody say same. Same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. There is a surprise on the other side of your crushing. Come on, somebody. Jesus knew that it was going to hurt, that it was going to be painful, but it was going to be worth it because he was going to be transfigured. He was going to be transformed. He was going to raise his body up again on the third day. Come on, somebody. There is a purpose for your crushing. But in the midst, you have to pray God's will be done. And it will be worth it. Think of it like this. Before Jesus could be anointed king, he had to experience crushing. The Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane, literally means the oil press. The, the oil assimilation, a symbolism of the anointing of the king. He had to experience the crushing before he could be anointed. 
Some of us have to experience the crushing before God can anoint you over that ministry and that dream that he's given you. He first wants to see if he can trust you to bless you with that thing. Maybe God had to see if he could trust his son, if he can get through this one point, if he can get through this one point where he has to pray, my will and not his, I can, I can anoint him. I can anoint him and bless him. And we're asking God, just bless me, just bless me with this thing. And you know what? And he wants us just to trust him in the crushing moments. If you can get through this tough part, then I can trust you, God says. And I will anoint you and I will be with you and I will fight with you. He still does those things even when we reject him or resist him. But he wants to fully be engaged in our lives. And he's fully engaged with us when we're fully engaged with him. Look at that last point. So this is what I want to leave us here with today. And we're going to pick this up next week. But our belief of God's promises always has to be greater than the pressure and pain of God's crushing. I'll read that again. Our belief in God's promises on the other side of where he wants to take us always has to be greater than the pressure and the pain that we experience in a crushing season. In order for us to become new creations, we have to trust God completely. Somebody say completely. When we believe God enough to stay the course in the hardest moments, God protects us and he blesses our faith. It's crushing full of pain. It's crushing full of, of pressure. It's crushing full of doubts. Yeah, but you know what else crushing is full of? Full of his promises. Come on, somebody. It's full of his plans. Come on, somebody. It's full of his purpose. Come on, somebody. Yeah, crushing is, is painful, but crushing is necessary for the, per, the purpose of God to be perfected in my life. And when we trust him in those moments and we say, God, I believe, God, that this is for my good, he blesses us. What does Jeremiah 29, 11 say? 11 through 12. Let's look at it. Right? Pastor Pete, it's your life verse too, right, buddy? Little elbows, little nucks. Right? For I know the what? The plans that I have for you. I know the purpose that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope in those days when you pray, I will listen. Especially in those days when you pray his will and not your will. He will listen. He will be there. And he's doing it for our good. God wants to use that pressure and that pain of right now to set you up for his plans and purpose for tomorrow. Come on, somebody. He wants to build you and prepare you for things ahead that we can't see or even, even know other than by the unction and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Psalms 116.6, the Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. Crushing may feel like death sometimes, but if you have a childlike faith that says, God, I believe, I trust, he will save you. He will transform you. The last scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. What? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, what? All things. Somebody say that again. All things have become new. Because of Christ, all things in your life can become new. All things. No matter how tough, how hard it may seem, if you surrender it, we're blessed on the amount that we surrender and give to God, he can make it brand new. Through the crushing of God, he can make all things brand new. What did the potter do? He just crushed it. 
Start it over. Something brand new. Brand new. You want to do something with me? Join me in prayer. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you want. I just want you to sit still in his presence however you like to pray. I just want you to listen to my voice this morning. And so I hope and pray that you trust God every day. In the crushing seasons, in the good seasons. But I specifically want to pray with you if you are in that same place that I am. Maybe it's a brand new season, a brand new thing that you find yourself in. You've been doing something, you've been charging this direction for a while. Maybe you've been blindsided by life. And God wants you to know that he's with you. And so if that's you, if you're in that place right now, it could be confusing or painful or tough, this crushing place, I want you just to raise your hand if you're here this morning. Hallelujah, look at these hands. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray over you right now. So Father, I thank you for these hands. God, these hands of faith. They raise their hands because they hear your message. They receive the message today where they've identified where they currently are. And so in that identification of where we are, God, I pray they would see how blessed they are, that they don't have to fear because they're literally in your hands of faith. God, they don't have to stress out about the new thing because the new thing is going to be done by you. You're going to do the hard part. You're going to do the God part. All we have to do is the clay part. I don't have to think. I don't have to stress. You just asked me to surrender and submit. So God, I pray that that would happen today. God, that we would literally spiritually bow and worship you. In Jesus' name. Last thing I want to do is if you're watching us online from from home or from your car or I don't know wherever you're watching us from, or if you're here in the sanctuary, and Jesus Christ is not Lord of your life, plain and simple. If you don't trust him and talk to him on a daily basis and believe in him for your salvation and believe in him for your transformation and your healing and your freedom, then right now I want you to have the opportunity to say, you know what, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We call it being born again and literally you will internally be born again. Your faith and joy will come back in a rushing moment. And all God wants you to do right now is if that's you, you want to make that decision, that commitment today, I want you to do something. We're all praying. No one's looking at you. I want you right now just to stand up. Just stand up right now in the sanctuary or stand up if you're watching from home. If you're standing up from home, put it in the chat. Say, I'm standing up right now. If you're here in the sanctuary, if you're already saved, continue to pray for the lost right now. If you want to accept Jesus right now, we're praying for you. We're not looking at you. We're not watching you. We're not judging you. This is your moment. And I want you to to take it for what it is. It could be the best moment of your life. Give you a few more seconds. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to lead us in a prayer. No one is standing in physically in our physical location in our sanctuary, but someone could be watching us online. And so I want to I'll lead us in a prayer. I want you all to repeat after me loud and proud, okay? So it's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We trust you. And we believe in you. Right now we accept your son. We believe in your son and we confess that he is Lord and Savior over all. By faith, heal me. By faith, transform me.
and by your spirit lead my life from this day till you call me home in Jesus name amen 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 good stuff well if you said that prayer for the first time we are so happy and excited for you if you're watching us online and you said that prayer for the first time let us know put that in the chat let us know that you said that prayer for the first time and we are rejoicing with you amen anybody glad you came to church today yeah a bunch of you awesome well hey we're so glad that you came too okay we love you uh be blessed y'all are dismissed please come back and see us next week amen